Hello and welcome to This Week in James City County. I'm your host, Renee Dahlman. Today, I am once again joined by the James City County County Administrator, Scott Stevens. Welcome, Scott. Well, hello, Renee. It's great to be back again. It's great to have you. Well, good. So what's going on? Well, you know, there always seems to be plenty, and I do appreciate the the audience putting up with us on a monthly basis, sort of (laughs) giving an update. And Uh same voices, maybe, but some different topics. Uh, Some not different, uh, as we'll find out. I do want to open by starting hurricane season. You know, we're in the mm-hmm. midst of it. And with any kind of event, we always ask our residents and I guess nationwide are asking people to be able to support themselves, their families for a period of three days. So it's just one of those times of thinking about it. There's a whole list of information that is out there on websites. Uh, we'd be happy to provide some of that if residents have questions. But the basics are you need to be able to look after yourself, food, water, medicine, so forth and so on mm-hmm. for your family for a period of three days. And it takes a lot. To do that. It you does. Know, some of us have that in our cupboards. Some of us need to plan a little better, particularly water and maybe medicines and looking mm-hmm. after our pets as well. So since we're in the midst of it, I thought I ought to start off with that. All right. Um, our Board of Supervisors, two meetings in July. They have had their uh, meeting in early uh, July and then a work session later uh, in the month. Uh, a couple things on their agenda that I thought would be of interest. Uh, they did adopt a board naming policy for county facilities or roadway memorials, mm-hmm. and they'd had a, several requests. So they just as a board had said they really thought they ought to develop a policy to try to talk through and make sure they're not just opening the floodgates for all sorts of naming of, of facilities. Mm-hmm. But so they have a process by which to do that. So we did provide them with some options. They did adopt that board naming policy in early July, and it's available on our website for folks that would like to take a look at that. Okay. Um, they also uh, had, we're going through building fire station number six. Uh, we have not borrowed the money for that project yet. So they did adopt a resolution that while we do the design and engineering and those types of things prior to the award of the actual construction, that if they wanted to reimburse the county for those funds through borrowed funds, we could do that. Doesn't mean we will, but the ordinance they adopted gives us that option. And has a location been chosen for uh, that station? Fairly um, site specific, not the actual how it would be oriented on the site. That's part of the design but it's near the law enforcement center on Opportunity okay. Way. And that was where our fire chief, but prior to my arrival, had felt like that would provide good coverage in the area of the community in which we needed and are seeing a, an increase in calls. So okay. uh, that is the location at this time, and I think that will be the final location. Okay. It's just how do we orient it on the site there next to the law enforcement center so that it looks good as people come into the community because that does enter our Warhill Sports Complex. Uh, and we want to make sure we're complementing the law enforcement facility, which I think is a very attractive facility mm-hmm. for our community. And so yes. uh, more to come on that. Uh, we did hold two public hearings, or the board did, really one on an ordinance to amend the county code to be able to find dog owners who are not responsible, I guess, with their dogs and allow them to run in packs off of their property. So it doesn't apply to hunting dogs. There is an exemption there. Okay. But this was part of the Board of Supervisors legislative agenda a year ago where we asked the state to grant us that authority really in response to some uh, sort of tragic events here where mm-hmm. folks out walking their dog had had uh, dogs come out and just hurt or kill their mm-hmm. animal. And we had a number, a couple of those events. And so this is at least a response to that of giving the board or the county the ability to Uh, find people that are not responsible dog owners, hopefully before we have an event in which another dog or person is hurt. So uh, that is an action they have started on that. We also had a public hearing on expansion of the Norge Dental Center, uh, about a 3,000 square foot expansion, add six to eight treatment rooms, and uh, the board did approve uh, that as well. So 
Um, they held a joint planning uh, meeting with their planning commission at the work session, talked about the comprehensive plan. That was really the, the principal topic. And then mm-hmm. some other uh, minor ordinance revisions. Between, they didn't take action on any. It was just discussion with our planning commission members. Uh, and then our comp plan, as I said, was the bulk of that. A lot of information come and a lot of public input uh, to be asked over the coming six to nine months from our community. And when when community members wonder how the board has let a restaurant develop here or residential property here or commercial property here, it's based on the public's input into this comp plan process. And so we would certainly encourage our community to be aware and and come to these meetings and give us their input so we can help the community develop like those that live here would like. Right. So uh, there is a process for trying to make sure we get through that. So, well, and can I interject? What is the relationship between the board of supervisors and the planning commission? You know, our planning commission is, is very involved in the process of rezonings and development that goes on within the county. Their role is supervisory, but it gives an, a recommendation to the board. So they hold public hearings, so it's an opportunity for public input, for mm-hmm. uh, the community and the, our residents to know about a project as it's moving along. The planning commission meets, discusses it, tries to make sure it's compliant with our, our boards or our ordinances and things that have been adopted before, and then they make a recommendation to the Board of Supervisors. The Board of Supervisors typically will hold a second public hearing, again, trying to allow ample time for public input, and sometimes we have the same community members come to speak, sometimes it are different members, but they do take into account the planning commission's recommendations, and then the Board of Supervisors will, will take the final uh, vote to either approve or disapprove with or approve with modifications or disapprove what an applicant is asking for. So it's a, an advisory role to our board of supervisors, but you're trying to have the citizen involvement, and that's mm-hmm. where the planning commission steps in to ha- be a different form of representative government trying to pass on to our board of supervisors so that they have some insight from other residents as they move through. Now, are they appointed or are they elected? They are appointed. You know, our board of supervisors are elected by the community, and then our board of supervisors make appointment to numerous boards, but the planning commission being one of those boards of which the board of supervisors makes the appointment. Okay. Well, and the reason why I ask is I think that there are some things that we just take for granted that everybody knows. I agree. And that that's not true. So this is a good opportunity. And we do always solicit citizen input of those that want to be involved. There's an application process, and they can apply for boards, and they can be specific to a board, mm-hmm. or they can say, hey, we're willing to serve in these areas, and we have a number of boards and commissions and regularly make appointments. So I would, would encourage community members to get involved mm-hmm. uh, if they have an interest in serving or how do we get, how do they get involved? There are opportunities for citizen involvement in a lot of places. Okay. So, and uh, again, good point. Um, the website is where folks can find that jamescitycountyva.gov. Yes. Thank you yep. for that. That's sure. correct. Yes. Very good. Well, I do want to mention uh, we spent a lot of time and effort as a community uh, in regards to the, the Jamestown events that are going on in the 400th anniversary mm-hmm. of the first legislative session. We did, uh, the president visited our community last week, and I think that really speaks to the importance that our community's history plays in the history of this country. And Absolutely. I think, you know, sometimes as a resident here, we sort of take for granted what others travel across the, the country to come see and learn about. And, you know, I've encouraged our staff, I've encouraged our residents to get involved in the community and, and revisit some of those areas, whether it's just a drive along the parkway or whether it's out in our, in our uh, parks, walking through our trails, whether it's the history uh, that really helped form this nation at Jamestown and Williamsburg. I do think those are things that sometimes you just forget they're there because... Right. We live here, um, and I think that we all could learn something. And I know uh, the museums are always updating uh, what they're showing. So if you saw it a year or two or five ago, uh, I can assure you it's different. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, 
Uh, I've, I've done some of that myself as a relatively newcomer. Mm-hmm. I need to continue doing that as I go forward in time and sort of, uh, I guess, heed my own advice in that. But uh, a lot to learn here. And for me, it's remembering a lot of it again because I've seen it or heard it once or twice. But right. re- repetition helps me. Absolutely. Um, another thing I wanted to mention was Jolly Pond Dam. We talked about uh, the road closure back in a, the May time frame. And uh, it has been inconvenient for the residents along Jolly Pond Road. We had on the board's agenda to start the abandonment process of the public right-of-way across the dam. Again, mm-hmm. the dam is privately owned. It's one of two ways to access Jolly Pond Road. Closing the dam does create a longer travel route for some residents and some inconvenience for those trying to get um, maybe to the convenience center or to uh, uh, the lavender farm that has opened uh, recently out mm-hmm. on Jolly Pond. It's not something that as a staff or the board of supervisors has taken lightly in terms of the decision to close, but there were some safety issues related to the roadway that crosses the dam that we weren't able to address, uh, at least not at this time. And so we had recommended the board uh, proceed with an abandonment process of the right-of-way, mm-hmm. which would then let the private owners do whatever they would like with the dam. The residents had asked us to delay that in June. We had intended to bring it back in August, so I just didn't want to leave the community hanging, wondering mm-hmm. where we were. Uh, we've had ongoing conversations with residents, ongoing conversations with the property owners or the dam owners, and the dam owners were working with an engineering firm and talking with dam safety at the state level, and they had asked could we delay the process another 60 days, and our board oh, has been okay. willing to do that. So uh, we expect to have it on the board's agenda possibly in October, but not prior to that, and I just wanted to make sure folks were aware. We haven't forgotten it. The road is still closed. Mm-hmm. So from a standpoint of, of safety issues, I feel very comfortable that we have uh, virtually eliminated the safety concern of people traveling across the dam and being right. hurt. And um, that really was our my primary objective. And we'll see is the abandonment the best way to go or not. We are working on some better signage to help people understand that the road is closed at the dam. There are signs there today, mm-hmm. um, but we still need to do a little better job, I think, of helping people understand that before they drive down the road. They miss the one or two signs, they drive down the road, and they realize they have to turn around and right. come back. And so we are working through that. And we have worked or reached out. I say we. I think the, the business owners along the road have reached out to some of the search engines that you know direct you to tell them that section of the dam is closed. Oh, sure. So that if you're trying to use a GPS navigator, that it does carry you the right way right. and recognizes that. And that's not as easy as it sounds. Right. Uh, but I know that outreach has been made. And so I, I've been told that the GPS routing systems are up to date knowing there's a road closure okay. at the dam. So okay, good. More to come on that. Another thing I do want to mention that most community members probably aren't aware of and wouldn't realize it's an issue until we have an issue. Uh, we did have a VOPEX drill. I mm-hmm. should know what that an acronym stands for. I don't, but I know the, the gist of it is we all come together as communities in and around the Surrey Power Plant to work together. So we all stood up our EOCs from the State Department of Emergency Management to Surrey Power Station to Surrey County to James City County to Charles City to New Kent to Williamsburg to York County to Hampton to Newport <laughs> News um, to all of us making sure that we're coming together at the same time. And our staff spent a lot of time getting prepared for this, mm-hmm. where each of us probably had 20 to 30 in a room to man our EOC and to run through a drill so that if we had a real-world problem at the Surrey Power Station, that we'd be able to respond and that we've practiced it and we know what our roles are and we know how to best look after the community. And um, again, quite an involved exercise. Mm-hmm. Like I said, most people wouldn't even recognize that our staff spent hours preparing and then six to eight hours in a room together one day practicing with these other jurisdictions all online at the same time right. and went through these various scenarios and the comments we got back from the assessors at least for james city county it was some of the best work and role modeling and and thinking through and those kinds of things and sharing information that they had seen so i just want to congratulate our staff that was working here representing the the community Mm -hmm. and just to say if there's an event 
whether it's a hurricane or some other type of event, we really do have a good staff here that's ready to respond and try to meet the needs of, of our residents. So I was really proud to see that and have those comments back from the assessor. And uh, we're glad that it's over right. for you, this you year. You participated in that, had quite a, <laughs> quite a significant role in that as well. And I hope from your viewpoint it went well yes. as well. But it really did seem to, to go off like it should have. Yep. And we do a full-fledged VOPEX drill every other year. And then we do something we call VOPEX light on the odd years, so or the even years, so we are definitely prepared. So it's a good thing. Very good. Well, and that drill I think is good not only for an event with the Surrey Power Station, but any other type of incident. It's the Absolutely. same process to go through there of getting information and sharing it with the community and making decisions that help us uh, keep people safe. Right. So it's a good thing. Well, another topic, uh, recycling. Ah. Uh, I keep thinking, well, you know, we're repetitive. <laughs> We've talked about recycling a few times, but there's been a lot of activity with recycling over the past month and changing contractors at the end of June to delivering new carts, to picking up most of the old carts, to going back to try to pick up some of the new carts for residents that have mm-hmm. opted out. Uh, we started around 25,000 households that we were providing service. We are s- switching that over in our contracts, so we had to change contractors. That was part of a bid process. Uh, we have now switched over contractors as of July 1st. We have delivered 20, about 23,000 carts. We need to pick up about 2,000. Mm-hmm. Of those 2,000, and those are residents that have chosen not to participate in recycling going forward, of those 2,000, we've picked up about 300 carts, so that really started Last week in in earnest, we have about another 1,600 carts that I would expect we will get in the coming weeks. And we just continue to ask the community for patience. It is Mm -hmm. a process where our staff at General Services, I think, has done a great job of answering the calls, but there have been a lot of calls and some multiple times. Our staff is giving the best information we have, but some of that is dependent on a contractor who tells us they will do it at a certain date. And then if that date comes and goes, we don't have a recourse except to go back to the contractor. And then residents are unhappy with us because we haven't done what we told them. Mm -hmm. And rightfully so. Mm -hmm. So we are working better with with our contractor. They are out physically picking up the carts. Uh, We have delivered one or two or picked up one or two trying to help those that really seem to have a significant problem in their Mm -hmm. neighborhood. But again, I do want to... Uh, thank people or our residents for their patience. Um, I think it will get better as time goes forward in terms of that communication. Uh, the next big issue for us will be a billing in August. Mm-hmm. And so residents that that uh, would choose to participate, we would send out a bill in August. They would pay it by mid-September and their service would continue on after October. And they would be asked to pay quarterly $7 a month or $21 for the quarter, which would carry October, November, December. Residents that choose not to pay the bill, and it's certainly your choice, mm-hmm. uh, would be continue recycling through September, and then in October or sometime there shortly after, uh, our contractor would pick up the recycling cart if you're not interested in participating going forward. And right. so we expect some additional calls. We're trying to have some technology that will help our call center staff mm-hmm. work a little better. And so, uh, well, again, thanks for the patience of the community. Please don't hesitate to call us. We put a lot of information on our website relative to recycling, relative to what can be recycled, mm-hmm. sort of the process of where it goes. Our staff produced what I thought was a great video, sort of showing, you know, how does it leave? When it leaves the curb from your can, right. then what? And I think they really did a good job of putting together at a, at a pretty basic level of what the process is. Mm-hmm. And then um, um, we get a lot of questions. Why, why can't we recycle everything plastic from yogurt right. cups to containers where you're carrying takeout food and it's just the market demand is not there. It's not right. a county decision. It's really a market decision. And, and anything we put in there that's not recyclable in terms of having a market, 
drives up the cost for the other products because it's in that sorting and getting it back uh, to a product that does have a market. And so that's where the list of come of information comes from. Uh, and again, it's an ongoing kind of evolution of what really there is a market for. So more changes to come. Yeah. Um, I don't know what they will be today, but I do want to, again, thank our staff that's worked through it very hard because they mm-hmm. have. And uh, just ask for patience from the community as we transition this to the fee-for-service and changing of contractors. Absolutely. Anything I left off of recycling, Renee? No, I think you covered it. Uh, a couple more items. Um, you know, And again, we had another tragic um the mass shooting across the country, a couple of events this weekend. And it just want to sort of reemphasizes it could occur anywhere at any time. Uh, we have had our, our departments offering active threat and stop the bleed training. So it's a matter of we've had community meetings for that. We have our staff going through those types of training. But certainly if there are residents that want to know where they can get plugged in and what's how to best respond, we do have that kind of training that's offered throughout James City County. And we would be happy to do more community meetings if the demand is there for it. And right. again, it's a, it's a, a a hard topic to talk about, but it's real enough uh, that we need to do all we can to be as prepared as we can as individuals. And so we as your county are offering that training. We're mm-hmm. happy to, to get you involved in that. And if you want to know the next community-based one, uh, if we don't have it scheduled, we'll get it scheduled as, mm-hmm. as the demand is there. So, um, And then I guess finally, I just want to get a plug in for getting folks outside and moving about. I did attend our Jamestown Jam at the end of July. Mm-hmm. Um, really a nice night. It couldn't have been a better evening out there. Um you know, they tell me over 2,000 uh, uh, participants, and Lots I will say it was that might be a low number. There were a lot of folks <laughs> out there, uh, but really a great night. There's one more of those left. It's the end of August. I think it's August 30th. I think it's jazz night, and gates open at 530. Uh, the band plays shortly thereafter. We'll just encourage you, if you haven't had a chance to get out to our Jamestown uh, Beach Event Park, to do that uh, at the end of August. It's a free event. Uh, there are food trucks there. Uh, there are all sorts of things that you can buy, but really you can come out and enjoy uh, the communities, the, the music, and, and some of your neighbors out there. And certainly it's been a, they've been a lot of fun for me this season, yeah. minus the one that the storm got. Yeah. We didn't do. Yeah. But the others have been a lot of fun and would certainly encourage that. And along with that, there's all sorts of opportunities to get out in our parks and other areas in the community mm-hmm. and take advantage of the summertime while it's here. And then, of course, uh, school will start before too long, and we'll right. talk more about that. But just a pre-warning of back to school and make sure as, as August rolls around and kids are going back to school that you uh, are, are slowing down a little bit and mm-hmm. paying attention to those kind of things so we keep everybody safe and have a good start. Very good. So that might be it for me. Anything wow, else? no, I think you did a great job. <laughs> well, time will tell on that. Yeah. But I do enjoy sharing information mm-hmm. and would always offer if folks have uh, questions or comments or need somebody to come and be a speaker at an event, I'm happy to come out and do that, answer their questions, and certainly be available to, to the community as their county administrator. It's been a great 10 months for me. Uh, I hope it hadn't been too bad for others, uh, <laughs> but I really have enjoyed getting to know James City County better and, and, and at a point where I can share that and I think help people understand some of what we're doing and why. Well, very good. Well, you know, I have a few fun questions I have to ask. I know you have a few questions. We'll see if they're fun, right? Well, I think they're fun. Okay. First thing, what is the most interesting thing you can see out of your office or your kitchen window? Um, out of my kitchen window, mm-hmm. which happens to be a sliding glass door because there's not a window. Okay. Um, I can see um, raccoons. Oh, Okay. And uh, normally they're in the evening, Uh but uh, which is when you want to see them (laughs) and when I'm not usually outside. So that's an interesting thing to see. All right. Very good. Raccoons did not expect that one. All right. Do you like surprises? 
Like if, and this is not going to be where we're going to have a surprise, but do you like being surprised? Well, who doesn't like surprises? Mm-hmm. Um, there's just the right place and time for them. So right. yes, I do like surprises. Um, but again, the right place and time. Right. Generally in our business, uh, we like to know what's going on. So sure. as a county administrator, I like them less in my role as administrator. <laughs> sure. Because if it's a surprise to me, it's likely a surprise to our board. And most of us don't appreciate it in that form. Uh, but yes, other types of surprises, sure. All right, good. Now, but what about practical jokes? Do you like those? Um, you know what goes around comes around with that. So I try not to do too yeah. many practical okay. jokes because okay. I don't always appreciate them coming back. Gotcha. Uh, but I do have a sense of humor and like to recognize you, you can't be serious all the time and you need True. to smile and laugh and put things into perspective. Um, but I'm not much of a practical joke player, at least the initiator. Okay. I might be if somebody has done something to me, making sure I catch up. Gotcha. Very good. Mental note for all of us. Okay. (laughs) And what is the longest you have ever gone without sleep and why? Um, I'm not sure the longest. Uh, The the periods of time, uh, twofold. I was reservist and we had some times in the field where whether we had an exercise going or it just didn't feel good sleeping out in the woods on the cot the first night mm-hmm. or two, I can tell you after after a few nights, it didn't matter where you slept. So pretty quickly you caught up. And then really the second area of going out without sleep. I haven't done it on a personal level too often. Okay. Uh, but work-wise, you know, you get into these hurricane events mm-hmm. and you get you think about them and think about them. You're ready, ready, ready. And you've waited while you're wild awake and they show up when you should go to sleep. Right. So you tend to work through the nights or through the afternoons. And so really it's those two related to reserve duty or related to uh, a storm response in a community. Oh. And and I can't put hours to it. You know, I've been a, more than 24. Okay. I hadn't been 48. So, okay. you know, that somewhere in that 30-hour range is probably my max. And, and I can used to do pretty well on little sleep, but I had to have a little Some, sleep. Right. That's correct. <laughs> well, Scott, thank you so much. As always, great job. Well, I appreciate the invitation back and really do enjoy sharing uh, what's going on with the community. Well, very good. Thank you. Well, that wraps up this episode of This Week in James City County. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, please take a moment to go online and subscribe to the podcast. That way you'll be sure to never miss an episode. Also, go online. We're at jamescitycountyva.gov slash podcast. And while there, you're going to be able to find all of our episodes as well as a form that you can give us feedback, uh, show ideas, whatever you'd like to say. We would love to hear it. So thank you so much, and we will talk with you next week.